Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener's discretion is advised, especially for this episode in particular, which is full of sex jokes, so if that's not your thing, the show by Rock episode is that way. Also, there's always the possibility for spoilers of any and all anime, including Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. So if you're wondering whether Peter gets laid or not, spoiler alert, he does, you may want to go finish the series first and come back to us. Finally, the opinions in this episode are those of the participants involved and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. And one last thing, if you ever find yourself surrounded by sexy ogres, elves, orcs, or whatever other mythical beasts, for the love of God, do yourself a favor. Keep it in your pants. Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, where we cover the latest and greatest in anime dubs. Sometimes expanded to untried territories. I'm the master of circumstance. <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> Jamal. <laughs> And with me tonight is the Master of Manliness, Spaceman Hardy. <laughs> Boobs. Butts. <laughs> Knockers. It's gonna be a fun one tonight. It's all and coochie up in this coochie. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that one just today, in fact. <laughs> It's just the two of us. This is basically a filler episode. And it's certainly a filler in more ways than one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tonight, we'll be covering the 2020 dubcast anime, Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. A half-length anime from Studio Wolfsbane. Though, considering the show, the only thing that's flowing length is Peter's sword once it's unsheathed, you know? Yuck, yuck, yuck. Alright, let's talk about the elephant in the room first, which is what the show is all about. I mean, it's literally NTR the anime, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's uh, pretty much the elephant joke from Shin-Chan, basically 24-7. I could do Mr. Elephant! Watch me, ass dads, ass dads! Okay, I still remember that bit where Shin showed his penis to his little brother. His little sister. Sister, I'm... Oh, wow. That makes things even worse. <laughs> it's Japan. That sort of thing is considered innocent over there. Anyway, if you don't know what we mean, here's a quick synopsis for you. Peter Grill is the world's strongest fighter, but his ascent to the top came with an unexpected consequence. <laughs> came. <laughs> <laughs> Women around the world, human and monster alike, want to create genetically superior children. Since he's currently engaged to the love of his life, Peter isn't too keyed on sudden popularity. It will take every ounce of self-control for Peter to keep his hands to himself. Insert masturbation joke. <laughs> and his relationship with his paramour One Piece. The outrageously irreverent Peter Grill, the philosopher's time. So, basically, you know, <laughs> all these women just come for his price possession. Just to bear his superior children. I kind of like we're recording this after Mother's Day, but, uh... Ooh, Basically, this anime is what if a the guy in a harem anime actually did it with his harem. Basically, that's that's the entire synopsis around this. And the, it's, it's, the whole gag is that he does it with everyone but his fiancée. And so, I think I mentioned this uh, at the W Awards, but it's it's not, it's a show full of bad people doing bad things to each other, and you'll hate yourself, but you'll laugh. I laughed, but I didn't hate myself. <laughs> I was just, I was just, eh. And as this is the short show, there'll be short cast lists. And as always, let's start with our ADR director and scriptwriter, which happens to be course, me and Sentai Dub usually wanted the same, Kyle Kobe Jones. Yes, that's right, Kyle Kobe Jones, you've seen him dub up in other shows such as the Food Wars franchise, Himoto Maruchan, my, my girlfriend is show bitch, No Game No Life, 
Obey to you Savage Season, and Parasite the Maxim. It's a good mix of both, you know, uh, sort of trashy and also solid normal shows. Yeah, usually the norm when it comes to Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also did High Q, I believe. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think you was he the main script writer. I think he was just a director. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, go ahead and start this conversation. I'll follow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't watch uh, the dubbies from last year, this was one of my picks for best writing. Because you can have a horrible show uh, that's complete trash and filth and just tasteless. But as long as you have a script that can make me laugh, that's going to get bonus points for me. Um, I've, I've already told you in the episodes for Dime a Dollar and Giant Insects that these shows aren't very good on their own. But a good dub script will help elevate them from trash into like sort of a guilty pleasure. And I think that's what got me here is that all the puns that they made regarding Peter's seed and his uh, Peter's, you know, Peter, um, the way that they were writing just at times, I think one of the little ogre girls shouts out, I got wet, (laughs) just played completely for straight. And it's just it it had me rolling uh, subject matter be damned that I was just sort of you know rolling on the floor with tears with my eyes just laughing so hard at certain points because some of the snappy uh script writing i just think it's hilarious and um and if you like i said if if you can tolerate sort of the crass humor in the show i think that the script writing will uh will really really uh step things up for you as far as your enjoyment of this show Okay. Yeah, you were right. He did double up on Haikyuu. So, so yeah. Uh, I agree with what you said because the thing about the show is, yeah, you, you can be, you can write for crass humor, but you cannot play it straight. You have to punch it up every now and then. Because for context, I've also been reading the manga alongside with this. Matter of fact, I read about five hundred pages of this in a day. Wow. Yeah, I, I was surprised with some of the dialogue they used. Like, some of the choice words they used to describe this sperm. Uh, man mayo, man yogurt, uh, let's see. Spunk junk? Yeah, spunk junk. Uh, I think glutinous goods. Or, it was something along those lines. But Oh, but my personal favorite word was uh, in the manga they used uh, nutter butter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Yeah. So I kind of wondered if in doing research for the show, he actually did read the manga, which I always believe the first volume was out at the time of recording. Oh, is it licensed over here? I didn't know. Yeah, it was licensed. And only the first volume came, the rest came afterwards, after the dub had already finished. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, he managed to punch up the dialogue best he could. Because if he played it straight, I probably would not have liked it as much and this casting is certainly kind of interesting especially when we get to the main character but i will say though there were some voices that kind of felt like they were a bit odd but in some ways it works in some ways it did and also at one point on my first watch of this there was a guy that sounded like jack septicide from youtube and i'm warning myself what the hell am i on <laughs> If, if, if you know who he is, you know what I'm talking about. I, I believe he's, uh, it's Tim. Tim Robinson, he's played by Benjamin McLaughlin. We're not talking about him. I just wanted to bring that up. Because it really sounded like the YouTuber. But when I go back on multiple rewatches, it, as usual, everything starts to mellow out with me. But, yeah, I guess it's okay in the end, like. I guess everything was pretty solid for the most part. It's just whether you want to watch this show is up to you. Just remember, it's toilet humor. That have been said, we ready to move on? Yeah, absolutely. Okay then. So we uh up uh from here on out, everybody is paired up until we get to the main character. That having been said, we start with the Sanctos family, to which uh, we have the Guildmaster. 
Albatross, which, okay, I'm going to point out something immediately. What the hell is with the anime not following the source material? Okay, here's the thing. In the manga, the Guildmaster has a name, but for some reason it's left out in the anime like it's not important. The Guildmaster is Luvelia's father, kind of sheltering her little daughter. He, Honestly, I think he has a reverse Oedipal complex because the whole reason he just like shelters his daughter is that she said when she was younger that when he when she grows up she wants to marry daddy i'm like okay then that's a that's a bit awkward that's a japanese thing that's kind of uh, another very yeah one of their weird traits on top of that she he refrains from teaching his daughter about sex education is uh a very grumpy guy even objected to Peter's hand in marriage. Okay, that sounded so wrong. Uh, let me rephrase that. He's just objected. very overprotective of his little girl. To an extreme. He's a helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. He's a helicopter parent, let's put it that way. And then we have Luveria Sanctos. Uh, remember the dumb yak- as a brick. Thanks to her daddy. Remember the Yakapachi Warriors Guild has no idea about the birds and the bees, even when Peter tries to explain it to her. Strong in the field, but dumb in the sack. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing she's pretty, because she ain't got much upstairs. She won't even know what was downstairs, to be honest. True, yeah. I'm... She doesn't even know what the carpets or drapes are. When you speak about the carpets and drapes, she thinks you're talking about the interior of the room. She doesn't know what the key to the hall is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that haven't been said, the Guildmaster is played by John Swayze, and the Veria Sanctos is played by Savannah Menzel. John Swayze, you've also heard, is Gendo Ikari in the Eva Rebuild franchise, Zaimon Nakiri in the Food Wars franchise, and all for one in My Hero Academia. Savannah Menzo, you've also heard as Rumi Surumi in my teen, my teen Romantic Comedy Staffu, Kaoko Hanayagi Review Starlight, and Yui Tada and Tada Never Falls in Love. So, uh, go ahead, Hardy. Yeah, um, starting with the Guildmaster, this is the angry John Swayze role that we've heard from him for years. He reminds me, it harkens back. You ever heard the dub for My Bride is a Mermaid? Yes. Yes. He's probably exactly the same thing here, except a little less Yakuza. Um, uh, less gangster and more like angry lord. Uh, basically the same thing here. He's very super overprotective dad. He's going to look after his little girl. And if anyone tries to lay a finger on her, he's going to absolutely destroy them. Um, and said John has experience doing this role very, very well. And he brings it here and he does it very, very well. The Guildmaster is very funny, even though he's psychotic. Um, and yeah, it's it's just John bringing his game for something he's done so, so long. Um, as for Savannah, I'm not familiar with her because I haven't watched a lot of the shows that she's been in. So this is really my first time that I've ever actually heard her in anything. Um, she's recently popped up she's been around for a little bit but just most recently popped up in in other shows and um honestly i think that she from the rest of the cast is one of the i don't want to say weaker performances but it's one of the ones that doesn't stand out as much because luvelia doesn't spend as much time with peter as his harem does um we don't really get to hear her all that often but um she did fine she just didn't really make much of an impression on me mainly because Luvelia is kind of an idiot and um she's a brave idiot but she's kind of dumb nonetheless but you know uh, there's only so much that you could really do with this kind of character and I think she did it okay yeah going off of that I I have to agree with you on Savannah because yeah, she didn't make as much of an impression, but that's because she's not in the show as much. Until until Peter gets caught between a rock and his hard place. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
But for what little we did see of her, I didn't think she did the job very well. She did for what the character calls for. John Swayze, yeah, this is grumpy old man, just being grumpy old man. <laughs> and he is no problem taking it to the next level if he needs to. Maybe even ham it up a little because, like you said, it is kind of similar to his character in My Bride is a Mermaid, but I think the only difference is he's, he's kind of hamming it up because he's just being a helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. And an overbearing asshole, but... I think it works. It's typecasting, but when typecasting is good, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of that. That is true. Mm-hmm. So you ready to move on? Yep. This next pair is kind of interesting, though. Uh, we have Antonio Spartacus and Mitchie Peregrine. He's a beefcake himbo. She's into beefcake himbos. Mm-hmm. Beefcake! The- <laughs> Protein! <laughs> the the whole deal with Antonio is that uh, he's a childhood friend to uh, a couple of characters we'll see later on. Uh, has an interest in one of them and has been training hard for like the last three years after they disappeared from their village. Yeah, he's been training real hard. So hard that uh, he prides his virginity over everything else. Yep, he's a 40-year-old virgin. Well, probably not, you know. He's, he's uh, this universe is equivalent to Broly. Wow. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> Where do we go for this? Anyway, it turns out once he meets up with his uh, childhood friends, turns out uh, one of them has a thing for Peter Grill. And ends up getting into battle with him. Anyway, the whole point of this is he's kind of a virgin. And the fact that uh, he hasn't had any experience is why he's kind of lacking with this childhood fight. Basically, the whole scene with two characters. Will... Okay, I'm just going to say right here. It's pretty much the alpaca sisters. And uh, the whole scene between him and Lisa is... Uh, Basically, one giant friend zone episode because he's not used to a woman's charms, which is where Mitchie comes in. Mitchie is the, I believe, the receptionist of the Yakapachi Warriors Guild. She is in the show. Either for that that much, or the librarian, or librarian, or something. It's, I, I can't, I can't remember. No, 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 it was receptionist, because I remember she was the one that delivered, the first time, the first time we really see her, like, she delivers a message to Peter Grill, telling her that Luvelia is in trouble, right, battling right. this giant sandworm, her high cow, Kobe Jones, and, uh, she accidentally shows him a magazine of beefcakes. Ah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she comes into play later on towards the end of the show by uh, showing her affection for Antonio to the point that uh, they V-Card has been revoked. Mm Mm-hmm. And playing these two, Antonio is played by Josh Morrison and Mitchie is played by Brittany Karbowski. Josh Morrison, you've also heard as Ryoma Kurogane in Shivery for Failed Night. Metako in The Demon Girl Next Door, The Time Half Crumb, Yutaka Aguda in My Love Story, and Brooke Darwin in Outbreak Company. Brittany Karbowski, you've also heard as Mikoto Misaka the Accelerator Dex franchise, uh, Emily Orange in Kandagawa Jet Girls, Kami Utsushimi in My Hero Academia, and she was just announced recently to be Grim in Combatants Will Be Dispatched. To which that scene between her and Brendan Blaber is going to live rent free in my head. Thank you very much. I'll have to check this out. I haven't watched it yet. Oh boy. You are in for a treat. Oh, nice. Also, she was just recently in Gleipnir. Um, or Gleipnir. Yeah, Gleipnir. Another, another very highly sexualized show, but in a different way. So... Um. Speaking of Brittany, uh, this isn't a role that we haven't heard from her before. And Michi doesn't really talk a whole lot or have a whole lot of scenes until near the end. 
Um, but still, she just... It's a Britney role, definitely. Um, I can't really complain about it because she doesn't really do much. Um, but, I mean, she definitely has... She definitely plays the role well for the, for the lines that she has. Um, Antonio Spartacus, Josh Morrison. Uh, he gives me, at first... The type of vibe as the same from the lizard uh, lizard guy from Goblin Slayer. Very. Oh yeah. yeah. He's also Dave Josh. Yeah. And um, when he's speaking, when he first meets with Peter, he's sort of got this very heroic, very stoic, very noble air about him. That and whatever you do, Peter Grill, you know, keep it to your heart, and you will always find true happiness. And then when he finds out that uh basically lisa's been stooping peter or i don't what well, does he find out or no that lisa's got a thing for peter and is not interested in him then he's got this sort of indignant righteous anger towards him and then after he took he, well. yeah and then after peter whoops his butt and he sort of has this meltdown he's like why doesn't anyone love me and i think the fact that he does this in this very low deep uh, baritone voice is is hilarious because uh, I'm not familiar with again I'm not familiar with jo- a lot of Josh Morrison's roles so I haven't watched a lot of the shows he's in but I think that while he wasn't necessarily the I think at times he might have been a little flat because he is a bit stoic but that's mainly to his character I do think he was extremely entertaining to listen to whenever Antonio has his freakouts which we're gonna we're going to talk more about when it comes to Peter as well when we get down to there. They sort of both have their little freakouts, which is always entertaining. So, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so uh, Brandy Karbowski is slightly typical. It's just not kind of what I'm used to. And the fact that she didn't have much to do until the very end kind of surprised me a little. That and, that, that and the whole scenes between uh, her and Antonio, <laughs> it was just interesting to watch because, yeah, you know, Brittany does her best what she's gotten. It's amazing what she could surprise you later on with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Morrison, uh, like you, I haven't heard a lot of his role, so thanks to you, I now want to see art of Antonio taking on Lizard Man from Goblin Slayer. <laughs> That'd be pretty nice. Be a cool fight. Or, or at the very least, like just a conversation between the two, between the two Joshes. Yeah, they would. Uh, they would talk about eating cheese. <laughs> yeah, but I will say the fact that a, a grown man crying over his virginity is just something I'll never <laughs> be able to get past. But Josh Morrison does very well with what he's given and. Yeah, like you, I haven't listened to a lot of roles he's in. Like, the only other thing I've ever heard him in is uh, The Demon Girl Next Door, and he plays a talking cat who just, I guess, pretty much prophesies. He just says, the time hath come. And... <laughs> well, he's got to be a better talking cat than Eric Roberts, that's for sure. I knew a guy in high school named Eric Roberts. But anyway, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think we're all good to move on. Now, how about you? Oh, yeah, I just wanted to make the, uh, I just thought it, how funny it was after they, you know, that he's, he's, he's focused so long on Lisa and he, she's apparently the love of his life. Then the first girl he sleeps with, he falls in love with him immediately. She's like, oh, I forget that girl. I'm, I'm happy here. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's, he's pretty much whipped. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Speaking of whipped, oh boy, <laughs> oh no, not this one. The meat and potatoes of the group. Mm-hmm. We have Vegan Eldorio and Piglet Pancetta. Uh, Vegan Eldorio, much like her name, she's an elf who doesn't eat meat but wants to beat Peter's meat. I have to say, there's no way she's a vegan with how much protein she's intaking. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess the uh, chosen one for Verge is uh, set to bring back the Peter Specht goods. She uh, doesn't have much tracks of land, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and she might just get you on an FBI list if you're not careful. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> As part of the hell, she always gets picked up by the other members of the group. Especially with Piglet Pachetta, because the whole thing with Piglet is she's kind of shy, doesn't really open up until she gets to know Peter. Was actually the only person of the hell. To, she was the only person to get caught up into Peter's hell thanks to the Guildmaster by uh, trying to make a political marriage between the uh, Orc Nation and the uh, Warriors Guild, I guess. She's also the only one who actually treats Peter somewhat decently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she also has a bit of a yandere side uh, towards the people who treated her badly. Yeah, because according to, uh, she's an orc. According to orc kind, she's considered extremely ugly. Yet in reality, as far as a human goes, she's very, very lovely. And also she has the nicest curves. Kind of reminds me of the plot to Earthworm Jim. But, uh... Mm-hmm. And the, and the funny thing about her is, uh, in the manga, you know, like, in the anime, every time she gets there, she kind of throws up? Mm-hmm. In the manga, the artist drew it so that, like, nobody wants to see her throw up, so he just draws cute animals in place of farming. Oh, lovely. <laughs> but, uh, playing these two, uh, Vegan is played by, uh, Justin Johnson, and Piglet Pancetta is played by Shelby Glocker. Justin Johnson, you've all, you've heard as a uh, Kiriko Yoshitoku in Kanagawa Jet Girls, Saori Igarashi, my girlfriend, the show bitch, and Rina Mine and how clumsy you are, Miss Ueno. Shelby Blocker, you've also heard as a uh, Suzuki in Our Chan Can't Study, Alexandra in Land of the Lustrous, and Tomita in Old Maidens in Your Savage Season. Now, now I'm gonna save you a little bit of the trouble. I know for fact you haven't heard of either of these people hardy i have not i have not it just goes to show you how few sentai dubs i've actually watched recently i it's kind of been embarrassing um no no it's not embarrassing i mean i've watched few as well and yet somehow i know these people because i'm probably well besides one other person i'm the only other person that's ever watched my girlfriend the show bitch so uh, yeah no it's I, I have, yeah, like you, you called it exactly. I have not watched anything else with either of these actresses. Um, I will I guess I'll comment on Piglet first. I think she has a very sweet voice because she plays Piglet as a very sweet, shy, um, reserved girl. It's not, kind of flat at times, but... I think, in a way, it works a little bit because the way Shelby plays her, she is very reserved and rather quiet. And until she has her moments to where she's like, I will starve the Orc Kingdom and uh, your heir will, will raise up, rise up against them and I will blah 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 this get vengeance for all the people who've done me wrong her secret little yandere side um i think i'm just not really familiar with the actress as much to really have much of opinion even though low-key piglet is my favorite of the harem because she's the one who actually treats semi treats peter as a human being um as far as Jocelyn Johnson, as vegan, is concerned. She's kind of my least favorite, sort of, because vegan is a horrible character um, that I just absolutely do not like. And I think at times the voice just really didn't match. Um, and no, no offense to Jocelyn as an actress, but I just didn't really connect 
with this performance for the most part. It wasn't bad, but and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that I don't like Vegan as a character because by far she is probably the pushiest and most manipulative of the entire harem um, to the point to where I, I can actually make argument that and I want to bring no, I'm going to bring this up in final thoughts about their relationship with Peter and P Peter's willingness to to uh, go along with it um, but yeah it's, it's nothing nothing on Jocelyn's um, halt but I just I did not care for this performance probably because I did not care for this character but that's just me yeah that's understandable and it's also understandable you're not familiar with these actresses either I mean uh, with I mean with Shelby you know uh, she kind of has a room to grow into this character because I because personally when I uh when they announced this was getting a dub, the two people that came to mind for these characters were Avery Smith Hart and Christina Kelly. Because I thought, yeah, these two would do pretty good, especially Christina Kelly, because she has a natural ham in her voice. I see what you did there. But here's the thing: I wanted her as vegan, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when I heard it was Shelby Johnson, Shelby was about what I expected from Avery. She had that. She had that kind of natural tone to her voice, that, that natural little deep tone, yeah, but she made, still made her own. Jocelyn is kind of weird because I listened to her in my girlfriend's show, bitch, and that show, she kind of has like a, a brash, brash kind of voice because the character is kind of like a, one of those uh, uppity student body characters that, you know, it, she kind of made her voice a little deep for that character, even though I didn't think that was kind of necessary. Trust me, if if, if you ever see the show one day, you'll understand what I mean. But I just... Hearing her as vegan was... Pretty weird, a little high-pitched, and, uh... While, yes, that is what the character calls for, the performance was good, uh, I wasn't really fond of vegan as a character either, mostly because, you know... She tried to push too hard onto Peter to the point that he had the man pitching a tent during battle. Mm. Oh my god, man. Not only that, but can you blackmail somebody with your penis? I, I, I... <laughs> if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> well, if there was a will, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Good lord. You, you know, you're, 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 if the battlefield, you're supposed to pitch your tent it on outside the battlefield. At home uh, base. Toy one gun salute. <laughs> Joke so crass could make Marissa Lenti blush. Jesus Christ. Joke so crash they could, but can they make Amanda Win Lee blush? I don't know. If I can't make Jessica Calvello blush, what makes you think I can make her blush? Oh. Ooh, boy. But, you know, these two did pretty good for what the characters were given. It's just one character we liked, the other we... Yeah. Well, you did it. I just didn't care for it, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd prefer to be making bacon than going vegan. What's funny is when you said I don't like vegan, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, good. get comments in the comment section. <laughs> that's literally her name. I know that's her name. Yes. But... I'm, I'm explaining to the audience, don't give us crap for, for anti-vegan. Anti that's literally the character's name. Who knows what this this whole show suffers from Tominoism. Take two American words, throw a dart and see what it lands on. There you that's your character's name. Yeah, cause I yeah, yeah, cause in the manga I believe uh, the hot springs. Don't quote me on this, but I think the hot springs was called Panna Cotta or something like that. They named some of the towns after food, and I couldn't believe it. There's a lot of things named after food and and, and animals. Like who who names themselves Albatross? I mean Albert Ross maybe, but I don't Albatross. I mean, our main character's name is Peter Grill, for fuck's sakes. 
Yeah. It's Tomino-ism at its finest. Yeah, if I get if I could get a hold of the manga day, I'm gonna post some pictures up because these are some weird names I see. I mean for God's sake, there's a guy named John Goodman in this show. <laughs> and he's played by the director himself. Nice. Oh man, but let's let's move on before things get lit. Well, I was gonna say before things get a little weirder, but uh, considering these two, Jesus Christ. Speaking of weird names, we have the Alpaca Sisters. I, I don't know, are they named for their sweater puppies or for the sweater they wear around their waists? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I thought they were wearing pants underneath, but it was just panties and sh- uh, hi- uh, thigh-high shoes. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantasy. Um, that's fantasy garb for you. It's not really real until some chick is wearing a uh, leotard. Yeah, so, uh, the, the thing about these two is, uh, as it turns out, one is the the princess of Augustan, the other is an idiot. Take a guess who's who. Uh, yes. That is your answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we have these alpacas who's turns out to be the said princess of Augustan, and, uh, the one... The one Antonio's better, better go for backwards for, and we have Mimi Alpacas, the uh, self-proclaimed. Well, not self-proclaimed. She is an idiot. Mm-hmm. The, the the girl kind of has a childlike sense of humor. Just really needs to read the room sometimes, or watch how she speaks to Peter regarding his uh, junk spunk. Yeah, she might also uh, get you on an FBI list if you're not careful. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Well, uh, play these two. These alpacas is played by Delilah Jones. Why is my voice so sing soggy? <laughs> Why is my voice so sing soggy? Soggy, and take me on a yeah. <laughs> and Mimi alpacas is played by Harley Sagara. Aisagai, you've also heard is Bobo Kanigakubo in Food Wars the Third and Fourth Plate. Inoi Misuda in Kanigawa Jet Girls, Peke to Love Rude, and apparently I learned that uh, she had a few small bits in the show, TV show Ugly Americans. Wow, really? That's been uh, forever ago. Yeah. Wow, I can't watch that show unless it's uh, unless I catch it on Pluto for some you know every at random so but that's yeah. that's 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 impressive okay and delilah jones you've also heard there's a yamada and kadigawa jet girls alongside many other small bits in that show uh, i digress mm-hmm. okay so i'm just gonna get this out here um Holly Sagara as Mimi. You know what character this performance remind me of a whole lot? And I know you know it because I bought you this game a few years ago. This character in general reminds me of Q from Honey Pop. Wait, you bought me Honey Pop? Did I? I think did I I bought it for a bunch of people like at random because it was cheap. I know. You probably bought it for I think you bought your own copy. I I never bought bought Honey Pop. I never bought Honey Pop. Really? (laughs) Positive. Scout's on (laughs) it. That means I need to go buy you Honey Pop. (laughs) But I don't even have a Steam account. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's the character in that game is literally a little pigtailed, pink haired sex fairy. And oh, cute! Oh man! Yeah, thanks for the sex, homie. <laughs> oh gosh, she has pigtails as well. Yes. No, it's not the same actress, but uh, she gives. I know off, it's uh, not. The, I know it's not the same actress, yeah. but they do kind of look similar, though. Yeah, she gives off a lot of the same energy, like this this horny little bunny rabbit. Um, and I think hers is probably tied with Peter's as my best as my favorite performance in the show in general um 
because she sounds like she's having so much fun as this little sex gremlin uh and and, and yeah i just i kept going kept going back to Q from Honey, Honey Pop and and it just uh, I really really enjoyed it um, as far as Lisa I don't really have much to say about Delilah's performance in general other than it just works because um, Lisa is sort of this seductress Amazonian woman warrior woman and uh, she is very strong and very dangerous yet at the same time very sexy and I think Delilah really taps into that as as Lisa. So the Alpaca sisters are probably some of the more in general, they're probably the most problematic characters in the show because of their forcefulness, but their performance uh, is very, very enjoyable and fun as as they double team Peter constantly. I'm still trying to get over the fact that at one point they're hiding under the table as uh, the guildmaster approaches and they're just playing with his ding-dong like it's a doorbell. <laughs> like, ladies, my thing is not a chew toy. Uh, Jesus Christ, don't push the button. But, getting off on this, uh, getting off on, what am I saying? <laughs> Stop getting off, Jamal. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Delilah Jones, like you said, it just works. Mm-hmm. There's not really much more to it other than like the banter between her and her sister and uh, the forcefulness of the characters because at one point, you know, the hair kind of all bads together just makes this contract... Uh, Dividing up Peter's grill. And, uh... They pretty much take away his uh, right to veto. Not only that, but there was at one point where the, they all just uh, ganged up on him while uh, he's having dinner with Lufalia. To which... You know, I kind of enjoyed Delilah's uh, seductive nature, like, you know... She's just being coy about this whole thing, even though she knows what's really going on and doesn't really care about the relationship. She just wants to get Peter's Peter, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh... <laughs> but I think my standout here is Holly is uh, Mimi because... <laughs> yeah, for one thing, this character will get you on the FBI watch list if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. For two, I kind of like the, uh, I know it's a natural voice, but I kind of like the tone she takes with the character, because the character is basically an idiot, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I just approaches this character with such glee, like, especially when she can, when she kind of gets provoked, because uh, one piece of dialogue I liked was uh, when uh, she gets shoved, when she, me, uh, <laughs> When she and Lisa get shoved in the closet, and she's get, and she's upset because the very tra- about to come into the room, and she's like, "But you got your pickle lick, Mister." I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> the face coming out of this girl's mouth. Woo, boy! We're gonna need Jesus after this. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus can't help you now. Thank you, Andrew. <sighs> yeah, they did, they did very well. Like, they were pretty much... Other than people, they were pretty much the highlight of the show. And speaking of highlights, let's get on to our main character. The man, the dick, the legend himself, Mr. Peter Grill. And his spunk junk. His nutter butter. Is man seed, is man mayo, is man yogurt, is man aioli. How much garlic do you have to eat for that? His glorious goods, <laughs> uh, strongest man in the in the on the uh, what is the strongest man in the earth? Uh, Strongest man in the world. 
the world's strongest fighter. And because <laughs> he won the fight as a result, and he's popular with many women, like especially the women. Because, good lord, they want to embarrass child. He has the strongest, he is, let me see, he has the strongest body, the weakest willpower. He gets so the man weak just can't knees. say da, da, no. Da, da, da. Remember, kids, just say no. Mm -hmm. Remember, kids. This. Yeah, remember, sex is bad because if you have it, you'll die. You'll you'll die. What was this? What was it? The line from Mean Girls. Oh it's, fuck it, though. Uh, it's been forever. Consent is sexy. Rape is not. Nope. And that's why oh, we're never going to do an episode of Redo of Healer on this show. I'll say it now. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Super the Q&A has to come out already. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The bat. <laughs> the bat doesn't think with his head. Instead, his head thinks with his head. Mm. Well, we can make enough dick jokes till we're satisfied with this episode. Uh. But playing Peter Grill is Joe Daniels. Joe Daniels, you've also heard, is Chihiro Kujo after the raid. Soichiro Yabe in our chat can't study. Retro Kusunoki in the Food Wars, the third plate. Watakoshi Ushijima in Haikyuu seasons 2 and 3. And Masaki Takigawa in Tsurude. Just to say uh, about my opinion of Joe Daniels' performance. Is he would have been my bronze for the dubbies if it wasn't for Monica and Jeannie. Because I absolutely adore, I absolutely found this hilarious. He cracked me up after because he could go from this sort of heroic debonair swagger, sort of he gave me almost like Dudley Do Right vibes at times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you, Penelope. To also his very when he's just talking normally when he's you know talking with with uh, Spartacus and they're having their sort of both their their like trading montage and and also when they have their their moments of self you know thought just between the two of them and he has this sort of just natural voice uh, but by far the best is when he's freaking out. Uh, right after the girls just basically take advantage of him and he's like my life is over why is this happening to me and and it's this sort of this desperate this sort of uh this this manic and yet at the very bottom this always sort of horniness to his voice yeah <laughs> because you know he because i'm gonna I don't think this is a touchy subject. I honestly don't think he consents to all of this. Like his body says yes. And his willpower is weak, but he honestly doesn't want to. He wants to be with Luvelia. And yet he has these four <coughs> girls taking advantage of him over and over again. Like he doesn't have a say in the matter. Yeah. That yeah, and that's one of my big issues with this show is you have to ask yourself, is Peter being raped? Like, and the, and it, the show doesn't, the show says no, 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 but at the back of your mind, you're thinking, uh, this isn't cool, guys. This is one of the problems I have with the show. But I don't have any problems with, with, uh, with Joe's performance as Peter. I think it was great. He was hilarious. Um, but yeah, if, if there's the big elephant in the room besides Peter's Peter's elephant, um, it's that it's it delves into dubious consent. And that's just the main issue that I had with it. But Joe is great. Oh, good God. I have a bad joke. I don't know if I should make it. Uh, make it and then cut it out if you want to take it out later. Okay, so when you were talking about touchy subjects and uh, consent, his mind was telling him no, <laughs> but, but his body is telling me yes, yes. <laughs> baby. Bump and grind. <laughs> 
the sad, sad part is I know every word to the remix of Ignition, but now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to forget about it because oh boy, this is the remix edition of a song about piss. <laughs> oh good god, let's just let's just quit while we're ahead. Okay, sorry, uh, sorry. You can take that part out. Save it for the save it for the blooper reel. Yeah, bit after. So Joe Daniels, the thing about it is with him is uh, I like the acting, I like the dialogue. It was spot on for the humor provided, even when uh, Pete uh, Peter's mind wasn't dwelling, but the body was. I think that's how the saying goes. Uh, what is that? Um, the flesh is willing, but the mind is weak. The spirit is weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And uh, he kind of really... In that aspect, he kind of sold me on it. The only real issue I had was... I'm not... Other than the uh, Outshack Cat study, I'm not used to his voice. I thought it kind of felt out of place a little. But for the actor, it definitely worked. I guess really what it boils down to is choices before voices, you know. Mm-hmm. Focus on the acting more and the voice will follow. You think he sounded maybe a bit that? too old? Yeah. Uh. But then again, we don't know the age of the character, so maybe the manga will tell me later on at some point. To which, I kind of wish the this first season wasn't, wasn't so short because... Well, wrapping up what my thoughts, I thought Joe did very good. I, I'm just... Is he just a... Uh, act I'm not used to just yet. I like I, I like how he was the straight man in Outchat Cat Study and uh, he was the straight man in this show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Uh yeah. Yeah he did pretty good for what the character was given. Even if the character was not given consent. So uh but I think we could safely move on to final thoughts and uh mm-hmm. you know you I'll go first on this. Basically, what it boils down to is with this type of show, you know. Yes, yes, it is very problematic. Like this is this wasn't a show I was I was willing to watch until it got dubbed. Really, like I saw the first couple episodes of the sub, and then when who was the announced again, I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" Because I had this like. Cause it was the same way with like prison school where like you know you just kind of watching the show for fun but you didn't really expect it to get it done but what it does it works with the material it's given but you kind of wonder in the back of your head like what is really going on in there it's a good thing i follow along with the mega too mega the manga too the, the book the book the comic <laughs> Yes, the thing with pictures yes. that I read 500 pages of. And it kind of helped me to explore the character in depth, and even though, you know, it's not really a serious thing, I mean, for God's sake, at one point he's battling a, a worm goblin, which is an unholy marriage of a worm and a goblin. I don't understand how that works, but that's another story. This is not something to be taken lightly. The comedy's there, yes, definitely, but uh, if you, well, I was going to say, if your mind's not into it, you're not going to enjoy it, but if your mind is into it, you either need to get out of the gutter, or just remember, like, things could kind of get complicated, but for what the dub had to work with, the dub was, I'm not going to say it was great, because it was very good, very serviceable, very serviceable, Jesus Christ. Uh... It was, it was good, at least. It made the show worth watching a little better, you know? Right. So my thoughts? Um, yeah. I think this dub absolutely lives and dies by its screenwriting. Yeah. Because there are some good, there is some good acting in here. It's not perfect, though. But the script absolutely saves it. Um because I don't think I would enjoy this show in the sub as much as I did in the dub because of all the punchy, snappy script writing. Um, like I said, 
with both shows like Dime a Dollar and Giant Insects, they are absolutely saved by the script writing. Uh, because if you can make me laugh, it doesn't matter how trashy your show is, uh, then you get bonus points. So like I said, I, I don't, I, I say this, but I don't really mean it because I don't hate myself. But I do like this sort of kind of raunchy humor at times that isn't exactly PC. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I, in the last five years or so, things have tried to become more and more politically correct. And, and I definitely think that's in general a good thing. But also sometimes I think we all just really need to just let things go and just have a good laugh. Um, yeah, you have, you have to be really careful about uh about doing that but um if you could do it right then yeah absolutely you i'll say it i don't really mean it but you will hate yourself but you'll laugh it's that kind of show and there is very problematic at times and that's probably do ready for a different discussion altogether at another time but i had fun with this dub and Let's just see if when it finally does get home video release, they are actually able to get rid of all the white spots because good Lord, are there a lot of white spots? Oh, you meant the censorship. Okay. Censorship. Yeah. The censorship. Yeah. That's a lot of white blobs in areas that usually don't get white blobs because of camera angles, but there you go. I was thinking of a different kind of white blob, but that's neither here nor there. Oh my. <laughs> and I guess if you want to see the show for yourself, it's available streaming. Right, only streaming for right now on High Dive. $5 a month, $48 a year. It's a 30-day free trial if you're interested. Or if you're interested of Sentai's other titles in the catalog, but make sure to cancel if you wish to continue since a credit card is required. Hope video release TBA. Let's hope for an uncensored edition. If they end up bringing out an LE, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> I don't even want to think about what would happen if they brought out an LE. That's neither here nor there. It, as it, it cost a hundred bucks and come with a box of tissues. Uh, they do God. it. They do it. Just saying. I mean, Funimation <laughs> did do. Yeah, Funimation did do sock. I like class humor, the dark comedy, but you gotta wonder what's the limit on that, you know? Mm-hmm. But as for us and what we get up to, he is Spaceman Hardy. You can be found on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. Uh, he's the next Funimation Forum moderator. The forums are dead now, but he can be found on the Funimation Discord occasionally. He posts like old pictures and retweets Final Fantasy odds, and he'll have an opinion every once in a while about what goes on in the anime community but he is generally a good guy and we're very well respected as for me i'm an assistant editor for this podcast i can be found on my twitter jamstar529 can be found on youtube at jamstar1 i am trying to get a podcast working at the moment but mm, you know how podcasts are i have a blog that's collecting dust and uh yeah speaking of uh podcasts we can be found at the Dub Talk Podcast on YouTube, Twitch. We're trying to get our Twitch going now. Uh, recently, we've been streaming a few games. I believe uh, Mega's been playing uh, Cedar Blade Chronicles 2, if I'm not mistaken. And Abba's been uh, working some official novels. I'm trying to do something myself with the uh, Borderlands, but uh, we'll see when we get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have an Instagram. We don't really do anything with it. Tumblr, well, what's the point of talking about Tumblr on an episode like this? Yeah. But yeah, like I said, we can be found mainly on YouTube and the Dub Talk Podcast. If you want to listen to us on the go, however, we can also be found on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, I believe. I Don't quote me on that. I might correct myself in the description. We also have a Ko-Fi and a Patreon, if you're also interested, if you want to give to the show. To which, in our $5 tier of patrons, we have Megan's mom and dad, <laughs> Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corzo, Nico Robin, both Yowie Heads, Sue Tweets, and Victor Mabaroda. In our $10 tier, we have uh, Carly Leistercow, Crimson Kinder, Jacob Wilson, J2 aka Jared, 
Julia W, Marissa Letty, and Otaku Athlete. Thank you for supporting us, and I'm sorry you had to listen to all these dirty jokes we've had to do for the last hour. <laughs> no, we're not sorry. We're just... We own up to our crassness. Yep. So, before we end this episode, uh, any final words? Donkey pants. You heard it here first, folks. Have a good night. From all of us here at Dub Talk Podcast, have a good night. And Otaku on. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. And coming. And coming. And the bridge keeps coming, 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 coming. Well, the days start coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Okay, 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 stop. They don't stop coming and they don't stop. Stop, stop. Good night, everybody. Yeah.